intentional walk to Barry Bonds. Two and two with the bases loaded and one out. Oh, oh my God. Deep to right field. Way up there and way out of here. Second deck walk off home run. Grand slash. Hello and welcome back everybody to another episode of Bases Loaded. Base Low is a fancy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. And tonight, there's George, there's Mike, and I almost called you Zach. There's George and Mike. You can follow them on Twitter. <laughs> Mike is at SP Streamer. Yes, he is a regular co-host. Apparently, not everybody knew that, so I thought that was interesting. And George is at Roto underscore Nino. Still so awesome to say oh, out loud. Roto Nino. Roto Nino. <laughs> What's going on, guys? What's up, man? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Mike, you sound muffled all of a sudden. Uh, no, what? Oh, there you go. Do okay. <laughs> you, you did for a second. I, think I have my hand in front of my face. That's all. Oh, that'll do it. You must really just, you are tired, I guess. It is no, no. Time. no yeah. I'm good. You're good? All right. Well, this is episode 69. Nice. We are nice. <laughs> we are moving along, man. We're going to be, episode 100 is going to be here faster than we know it. And, dude, we're coming up on the one year anniversary of this podcast, and it's just a lot going on, man. But no one cares about that. Let's it's been one year already? Um, in late February. That's crazy. Well, Michael hasn't been here with us for a year, but we started. My, the very first podcast yeah. I put out, the solo one, was in late February. We all joined yeah. together, and we all joined together in March. So it's, it's coming up on a year already, man. That is crazy. It's just gone by so fast. Oh, and we just keep adding to it. That's what it is. Like, just that we think it's like, okay, as soon as we think we've done something, we just keep adding more. Speaking of adding more, Mike, you've been busy. Time for you to plug everything you've been up to, man. I hate that you do this to me. <laughs> yep. You know what? I'll do it for you. Okay. Mike Mike does not like promoting his stuff like that. Shamelessly, he feels like. But honestly, it's impressive because we've talked about going a similar route. But Mike has recently updated and just kind of th- like put together his website. It's spstreamer.com. It has everything SP Streamer there. He started his own podcast, SP Streamer, which is on iTunes right now. It's on the website as well. You can literally find anything SP Streamer related on his website. He's not very, he doesn't, he's, he's a little shy about it, but I'm not. I'm proud. <laughs> I'm more, I'm honestly very happy for him. I mean, he's not, and don't worry, he is not leaving this podcast yet. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. He is not leaving this podcast whatsoever. He's just branching off and adding more, giving you guys more of him i don't know how else to put it but more of a niche <laughs> type thing whatever you want to call it man honestly it's really cool if you guys have a chance go check out his new website it's spstreamer.com and again the podcast everything he's doing is on that website is the is the um actually you're also working on a geez i told you this guy's busy he's all, you're also working on a draft kit for for for, for starting pitchers correct yeah uh yeah well all pit, starting and relief well and that's why, sorry i meant pitchers too yeah, yeah um pitchers, okay. And yeah, like it went up for, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. And I think over 75 pages it's going to be. But, uh, yeah, it went up for – we did a little, like, pre-sale thing where you get a little extra bonus if you bought it before it went for sale. But it goes for sale February 3rd. And they can find that on the website yeah, as well? Yeah, on the website it will be in the shop. Uh, it's just a PDF format. So you just buy it and it will be emailed to you in a PDF. And, uh, yeah, that's it told you this guy is busy and honestly he's putting in all his work and i know you have a lot of people ready for that uh i'm actually interested yeah 
So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what you put into it because I know we've talked about a little behind the scenes. It's a lot of information. Definitely worth uh, checking out. So that's, that's again, spshore.com. Now we're done with the plugging. We can get we can get to the podcast. Let's just start with some recent news, like two big things. One is the Alex Wood signing. What was it, like a one-year, $4 million deal or something? I probably should look that one up a little better. but Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it's awesome something like that. Something like that. Honestly, it doesn't matter about how long the deal is. It matters who the team is, and that's the Dodgers picking up Alex Wood. Further so adding – I'm sorry? So ridiculous. I was going to say, for, yeah, further adding to whatever you want to call that pitching staff there. Do yeah. you guys think – let's start with you, George. What do you think the implications are of this move? Oh, man. Well, we'll see. I mean uh... – uh, before the signing, I, I know like Roster Resource had, you know, Kershaw, Bueller, Maeda, Stripling, and Urias. Now they've got Wood in there for Stripling, which is what I was afraid of. You know, we were hoping that uh, Stripling would be someone that could at least start, you know, halfway through the season in, in the rotation until, God, there's just so many names they have. You know, Dustin May is another one I know a lot of people like who are thinking, you know, could eventually be added to the mix there. But I mean, at the same time, Alex Wood has a you know, we know about his lengthy track record of, uh, you know, injury. So we'll see. They, they've got, they've just got so many, so many arms that they could throw into that rotation. I don't think anyone is really safe for the year, you know, outside of Kershaw and Bueller. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's really just a depth move for them because, uh, like George said, Alex Wood gets hurt all the time. And they have the, after Maeda, the other pitchers they had were all young guys. So, I feel like they're just kind of kind of throw them all in at different times and just kind of spread the time out between them. And, you know, adding Alex Wood, let's, it gives them even more flexibility. Personally, yeah. I think they're – I think Kershaw, Bueller, and Maeda will probably all stay. And I think they're just going to flip-flop everybody else in and out throughout the year. That's unfortunate because you guys know, before this move, I was really big on Ross Stripling. Not so down on him that I won't – utilize him as like probably a streamer or somebody like a, maybe a bench pitcher he's good for ratios and all that but uh, this hurts because I mean if you look at what I was just looking at you know some of his past seasons and he threw 150 uh, innings in each of the in two of the last three seasons being 2017 2018 last year he only started three games and he only you know he was only able and of those three games only pitched a total of 5.1 innings so it was more of like an opener role it seems like for those to be considered games started so I don't know how much he's going to pitch this year coming off, again, a lost season and even before that not being able to top 150. So you got to think maybe 120, 130 of the max anyway. There's Gonsolin, there's May. So I'm kind of with you guys. Jimmy Nelson too. Yeah, Jimmy Jimmy. Nelson, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. A bunch of (laughs) yes. Yeah, for Wood, I mean, you do like the landing spot for Wood though. I mean, you know, he's going back to a familiar spot. Uh, It's a good team, so. I think it's a little boost for Wood, but just, you know, kind of throws a wrench in things for some other guys that we <laughs> I get it. Hey, episode 69, right? Uh, <laughs> oh, We're just going to make sexual innuendos the entire episode. Oh, man. You guys get ready. <laughs> did, not, did not intend that. <laughs> No pun intended, man. That was funny. Oh, I swear we're a bunch of – I swear we're adults here. I swear. Anyway. <laughs> We can move on from uh, – let's move on to the Arenado news. Now, this was just 
like, honestly, I put it on Twitter. Like, I was talking about it a little bit yesterday, and it kind of – I got people just not happy with me about it. But Arenado, there's, like, apparently really strong talks. And when there's smoke, there's usually fire about him, you know. So, as far as him being traded, I think there's a real possibility. But, oh, my voice just cracked like a 13-year-old kid. Um, <clears throat> what do you guys think? Do you think he actually gets traded? We'll start with you this time, Mike. I don't know. It's so tough because they clearly want a lot for him. And I don't, I don't know. What, what do I got? A crystal ball over here? I hear you. But okay, so <laughs> so how, about, how about this? How about, how about if he gets traded, what do you expect in, as far as production goes? I mean, you have to assume the production goes down slightly. I He's still an amazing hitter. So, and he's, you know, all, he's got all the talent in the world. So I, I think slightly, I don't think dramatically. And I think what, because you put that poll on Twitter, and I think everybody's right. It moves him to the second round, which I'm perfectly fine with that, and that's where I would put him as well. George, would you also have him in the second round? Yeah, yeah, I would have him in the second round. I think I, uh, we were texting each other. I kind of put out there that, like, man, I, I would think I would have a hard time deciding, like, between between him and – between Arenado and Devers. I think that's right around where I would put him, you know, kind of mid to back into the second round. I think it would be really hard for me to take – him over like a JD Martinez because Martinez you're hoping Arenado would return what Martinez is giving you type of thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's a good so point. I feel like that would be the type of uh, place I would think about, but yeah, we had 550 votes on this. So thank you. So thank you for all that voted and 49.1%. So almost half of you voted second round. And I think that is appropriate. I don't, I first round would be tough, maybe points leagues, but he's not the biggest, it's not like he's a huge OBP guy. Which and the thing was is what got me a lot, which caught me a lot of flack, or is flack the word? Yeah, I think it's the word. <laughs> what caught yeah. me a lot of uh, reaction was uh, the splits I put up, which I miswrote the tweet. But regardless, and at home, this is a pretty big sample size now because he actually pretty much has the same amount of games and at bats on the home and at, at home and on the road because he never misses games. And there's a lot more to it, but on the surface, it looks pretty bad. At, at home, Arenado had a 324, 380. 615 triple slash with 129 home runs, 446 RBIs, and a 130 WRC plus. Out on the road, you know, RBIs are a little, you know, the team around him also got worse. So the RBIs were only 288, but he had a triple slash of 265, 323, 476. That's Arenado I'm talking about with 98 home runs and a WRC plus of 109, which is basically just above league average, league average being 100. So I know there's an adjustment period. Like he's going to, I feel like, and my, when my thing about being down on him was just for the first year of him having to adjust outside of course. And if you look at a lot of his underlying uh, plate discipline, the met, some of the metrics on Machado, it screams Machado comp leaving Camden type of thing. Same. They have very similar plate disciplines. Machado with a year outside of Camden, a full year, a year and a half, roughly outside of Camden, his X stats for his career are still better than Aaron X stats. I just think there's a lot more of a comp here than people want to openly admit to. And I trust me, I'm not happy saying it, but maybe the real story is we're too low on Machado, but not if you ask Will, but that's a whole other discussion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you've, uh, you know, read some of my material over, over this off season, I, I'm right there with you with Machado. I think he's a good, you know, prime bounce back candidate. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, again, it's just the, the comp that comes to mind if he leaves cores, because they have such a similar underlying yeah, and stuff. maybe there's something to the whole Coors, you know, uh, hangover kind of uh, phenomenon. And maybe, you know, if he were to leave, uh, perhaps it might just be, um, 
right away he might struggle, but maybe over time he'll he'll pick things up. So we'll see. One of those buy low candidates when he struggles, if he struggles out of the gate type of thing. Exactly. Um, so we're going to jump right into this is episode 69, as I previously mentioned, and I guess I should have mentioned that this is SP's part two. The idea is going to go through our, we're going to go through our second half of our ranks, 51 through 100, but we're going to mostly just highlight names that are very interesting to us. Most of them being sleepers of ours, guys that we really are, are all about this off this uh, off this spring, I should say, or off season, whatever it's called. Um, and we're gonna also talk some rankings disputes along the way, and we can just start right at the top. I'm gonna go off my top fifty, so my back end fifty, <laughs> and I'm gonna pick names that just kind of stand out to me. Now, Joe Musgrove, kind of the first name that really stands out. Yes, he. Where does everybody? Uh, George, I know you like him a lot. I'll let you speak on him in a moment, but. I want to hear where everybody has them ranked first because I have them right at 55. I'm at 63. So you're a little lower. I have him. I have him at 50. Sweet. So you he would have been on the last podcast for you, but go ahead. You're the high man. I'll let you speak on him. What do you like about him so much? Yeah, I, I think he's got a I think he's got a lot of great skills. You know, he got a little bit unlucky last year. Uh 4.44 ERA, 3.82 FIP. He's got three, you know, excellent pitches with good you know swinging strike rates you know he's got the slider the change in the curve all have over a 17 you know percent swinging strike rate the slider's up at 19.4 and i mean that that slider that, that's following a three-year trend of like more swinging strike swinging strikes and less contact so that slider is getting better they have a new pitching coach you know i took a look at you know the team you know pitch usage by team and over the last three years, only the Cubs have thrown more fastballs than the Pirates. So you hope that, you know, with this new pitching coach coming in, maybe he can cater, you know, to Musgrove's strengths with that off-speed stuff and, and uh, the, the breaking ball. So I don't know. I just think that there's a lot of skills there. I think that uh, we might have just been a little too early on the breakout, and sometimes that happens. But I think, he, I think he's got the skills. I took a look at some numbers some metrics, you know, I took a look at pitchers with a 35% plus O swing, uh, less than 60% O contact, and at least 12% swing and strike rate. And you see guys like Strasburg, Scherzer, DeGrom, Cole, uh, I mean, and, and Musgrove's right there with them. Uh, a couple other names stood out that maybe we'll get to later. But uh, yeah, I just think there's a lot to like here with his profile. And I think that maybe we just might have been a year too early and the breakout could be coming. I bought back in and I'm hurt. I'm killing myself for it. I have a few dynasty shares. I refuse to sell and I'm back in on it, man. I, I just can't quit them. I guess you're a little lower than us, Mike. So George, how about you? How, who are some names that you have them above? Are, are you, do you have them above canning? Um, Carmine? I have them one. I actually have him and canning back to back. Okay. I can get behind that. What about uh, Carlos Martinez? A little lower on him. I have Martinez at 60. Okay, which is fine. I want to talk about him next. I'm just trying to think of some names because I want to ask Mike why 63 and who are some of the names he has ahead of him. And mm -hmm. I want to see where you guys differ on that because I feel like I'm right in the middle. But we're also at a part where it's kind of a glob. Mike, do you have any thoughts? I know George covered them really well. You don't need to really break them down or anything, but just – Yeah, no. Um, no, I agree. I mean, his slider is really good. And he creates a lot of weak contact and – um, you know, George is right. The O swing with the swing strike percentage is pretty impressive. And that list that you just said is pretty crazy. I don't know if you've ever tweeted that out, but you probably should if you didn't. Um, but I mean, his main worry is his fastball. It's really bad. <laughs> yeah. And well, it was last year. It Two years ago, it wasn't bad, but 
last year it was pretty rough. It put up a minus 12.1 PVAL, which is pretty terrible. So it's tough to, you know, have a lot of success with a fastball that that's, that, that is that bad. But I mean, yeah, he induces weak contact. And I, the, the, it's weird because the swing strike rate is pretty high, but yet he doesn't put up the K per nine. And I think that's just kind of what holds him back for me is that he's going to be lacking in the strikeout range. So, well, I feel like that's part of it was because they preached fastball use. I think they preached pitching to contact there too. Previously. No, right. And I mean, the same goes with Mitch Keller. It's just like uh, we're all kind of sitting here hoping that the Pirates start doing the right thing. And, uh, you know, so but it's all I mean, hope. we can't. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I love Mitch Keller. And, you know, I posted something about his slider. And, you know, people said, yeah, but what makes you think he's got to throw it more? It's like, we don't. We're just praying that he does. Pure, <laughs> blind, and we're pure blind optimism. Yeah, and that yeah. the coach staff steps in and does the right thing. So, so we'll right. see. But we I, hope so, man. We hope I, so. We I completely get him you know, where you guys are taking him, he's in the same uh-huh. tier. Like that tier, I go from 50 to 64. So he's in the right, in the same tier. Oh, so you, yeah. so you, it's just a prep matter of preference. Who are some names yeah, that you just, just right now, uh, as of uh, right now, assuming again, things are going to change. So as of right now, who are a few guys that you have ahead of them that so um, we might. I, ha- I have C-Mart who, but that's obviously if he gets the rotation. I have Alcantara. That's just because it looked like he already made the, you know, the pitchman exchange, whereas we're still kind of waiting to see if Musgrove does do it. I made ahead of him. Maeda's is right there for me as well. He's right. I, yeah, I I got Luke Weaver. Okay. So oh, name oh. A few. I'm like, I'm kind of yeah. skipping around canning. That's fine. Yeah. You, so it's, we mm-hmm. all agree. Uh, there's, I, I'm just cutting you off because we all, I don't want to harp on it. We all have the same names in that same area. So it, it's, it's a matter of preference. We totally get it. Yeah, you, you mentioned and, Carmart. Where do you have Carmart, George? Because it sounds like me and Mike have. Where do you have Mike? Do you have Carmart in the like mid fifties? I'm guessing. You I'm 62. 62. Well, okay. He's right okay. above Musgrove. Yeah. Well, I have him at 54, and I want to move him down. So I think I'm going to. I'll I mean, I only have him at 62 just because you don't know if he's like if he is definitely in the rotate. When he gets in the rotation, he's going to go well. Yeah, but yeah. where? How high can you put him with his lack of? you know, innings last few seasons, you know he's going to be limited. I know, but when he was a starter, if you look at his stats, he was so freaking good, man. Oh, I know, but we're he's assuming that he's so just going to be – So, just... like, ha- I mean, I would have no issue with putting him around, like, a Heaney just because it's basically same skill set but and both questionable, you know, Heaney's so questionable yeah. health-wise that – so that's my thing. And I understand that. It's funny because I'm over here questioning him the most, and I have him ranked the highest right now at 54. Yeah. And, that's because, and that's because I'm just, like you said, the upside. But it's like I'm having a hard time between him and like a Urias where we assume Urias, Urias is in the rotation. I think he pitches more innings if he is in the rotation, but it's like now we're splitting hair. So I'm having a hard yeah. time. Martinez has to be arguably one of the hardest um, players to rank right now. George, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm right there with you. I have him at 60 here right now. I, I do think that he eventually d- is in the rotation. Um, I don't think he spends all year as the closer. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, like you said, he's tough. Um, I have him at yeah, 60 did. right now because you, we know that how good he can be. I think if we knew right now today if it, that he was going to start the year in the rotation, I'd probably move him up in the range, uh, you know, in the upper 40s right now where I have like Luke Weaver, Matthew Boyd, Robbie Ray. He'd probably be right in there with me uh, for me. 
I can understand that. I mean, again, it's just it's just hard. I have a hard time trusting the health suddenly being back. That's all. We, mm-hmm. the stuff the stuff could still be good, but you know another name that's really intriguing to me is Herman Marquez. Where do you guys have Herman Marquez? I have, I have Marquez at. Oh, see, I have him at forty nine. You have him at forty nine. I have him at fifty seven. And where do you have him? Sixty six. Dude, so we are like up, up middle. Oh, <laughs> How are you so optimistic about Marquez? The home and road splits are like you can only start him for half his starts. That's why I feel like splitting the middle. I'm like the rightest about him. <laughs> if that's that's not the word, but I am definitely definitely the most right about him. I don't care what you guys say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. What what is the, okay? So we'll start with you, I guess, on this one. Like again, um, the optim the the pessimism on Marquez. You have him the lowest. Is it because of pretty much? The home road splits are just too hard to ignore. Yeah. Um, just so people know, I just looked him up on MPC too. He's going at 67, but that includes relievers. So you got to probably figure around 60 ish. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so I have him where I have him because, yeah, it's the, you know, Colorado. And I just can't trust Rocky pitchers. Every time I think I can, it just never pans out. And they're just always so erratic. And I know he has the high strikeout upside, but. I just – it's almost a way you're, – you're essentially drafting a pitcher for half his starts. Like, it's almost stupid. That's why – yeah, that's why – It's just hard for me. I can't – I can't picture – I can't take, picture myself taking a pitcher top 50 when I'm going to be benching him a lot. Yeah, and you have a guy that last year, like I said, just to give little people some background, ERA – from home and away, his home ERA was 6.26. His away ERA was literally almost cut in half at 3.67. And then if you go to like the, let's see, K per nine was um, actually better at home, oddly enough. Yeah, he struck out <laughs> a lot more from the ball. You know, but it's just, that's the why. The FIP and XFIP, I was saying, no, the FIP and XFIP were almost identical, except for the XFIP being better at home. That makes sense because of the home runs. Just It just goes to show you that the core's effect is real. And it just it's just a reminder to, you can't, Start him at home with any confidence, no matter no matter the team. Doesn't matter if you're playing the Giants. Sorry, George, but even though your Giants aren't great, they can they can do damage in cores just like <laughs> just like anybody else can. The Marlins doesn't matter. Pick a bad team. The Mets. I'm kidding. The Mets are actually decent. But. Yeah, I think it's just so, so unpredictable too because I think uh, maybe two years ago, I think Freeland was better at home for some reason. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Right, and even then last, last year, year, last year John Gray was better at home. You just it's. Exactly. It, Exactly. Makes no sense, and there's no wrong reason. I'm not going to be one to try and solve it. Sorry, go ahead, George. No, yeah, uh, that's a good point. I mean, for me, we did this rankings with the caveat that they're, they're like catered for like roto, and I think, um, you know, in a format like this, I, I don't really have a problem taking him where he's going. I, I think he, you know, I'm back in on that price. Now, if this is like a head to head, that's definitely trickier. He's someone that you probably move down in a head to head. Yeah. But, like, in a roto, I, I don't think he was as bad as he pitched last season. He was dealing with arm injury, you know, uh, near the end of the season where things just kind of fell off for him completely. So I, I don't think he pitched as bad as the 4.76 ERA was. And uh, I, I think if you're taking him as the 60, you said 64th or 67th pitcher off, off the board uh, in, a, in a roto league, I think I'll take a, you know, four ERA. And I think he still has the strike, you know, the swing and miss stuff to get you plenty of strikeouts. I think he just has good value. Like, I think there's value to be had in daily formats. It's weekly formats that are tough because 
You'll mm-hmm. never obviously you'll never start him on a two start week at home, but if he has to split the starts. You have to really, yeah. It's like it's like a coin flip. Let's see what happens. Cross your fingers, close your eyes, and put your head down, like hoping like something good happens. So that's the thing about him. So I think in daily formats of any sort, def- sorry, I got a <laughs> got a random tweet. I'll talk about it in a second, but uh, definitely gains value in daily and loses value in weekly and points leagues as well. So yeah, these are definitely roto more roto centered. And the the tweet yeah. that caught my the, the tweet that caught my interest because I shouldn't be tweeting and podcasting. It's almost as bad as <laughs> it's almost bad as texting and driving, but and it's the other podcast I do, so it's really not important. But it's finally on Apple Podcasts. So since we plug other people's work, I do a Draft Champions podcast, strictly NFBC related, and it's on um, Apple iTunes. You can finally. thank me for that. I'm not going to thank you for anything because <laughs> I told Zach what to do. I told him what to do too. He just didn't listen to me for a reason. I didn't tell him what to do. <laughs> Whatever, Mike. I don't want to hear it. You, you so, you, so so you want credit for this, but you don't want to talk up your work, your hard work. That's right. That's that, right. Makes, that makes so much sense. Anyway, um, all right. Um, I I, I did want to say something. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to bring uh, one point up. Um, not about Marquez, just. Earlier, I mentioned, you know, those metrics I had looked at with the O swing, the O contact, and the swing and strike rate. And one guy that was just missed with a 34.8% uh, O swing was Kenta Maeda. And I'm glad we kind of brought his name up earlier. And, and uh, Mike, SP, you know, you, you have confidence that he's going to be in the rotation all year. I mean, I have him at 50 – where did I have him at? 53. Oh, so do I. Um, and I only have him at 53 because I'm thinking he's only going to be in the, you know, rotation. You're only going to get 140, 150 innings from him. Doesn't he have that weird contract thing where he can only be a pitcher? For, he gets extra money if he's, like, kept as a starter for a certain amount of innings or something weird. Yeah. Yeah. And I and think they're people, they, they screw with people that. are worried about. Yeah. Well, so. they've, they've shown to screw with him because of that. Like, last year they did it. I know. I mean – I just thought this was obviously too before the Alex Wood signing. I just thought he's like was such a clear three that may and they had all those young arms that maybe they would be forced to kind of just keep him in there finally all year. Because I think one year one year they did let him go over 170 innings a couple of years ago. I think so. I saw that. I mean, I would take 170 innings at any time because they're going to be really good. But oh, absolutely. It's you know now. If Alex Wood comes and is healthy and dominates, you know, I could see them messing with my head and no problem. So, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I, I still have confidence. I mean, that goes back to if you think Marquez is going to be good for, for half his starts, give me Maeda, who I think will be good for as much as long as he does start. So, I'm gladly, I'll gladly take one of my SP3 still. I have no problem. I don't with know. That. I think, I, I don't know about SP3, <laughs> well, SP4, um, given well, where, those where, circumstances. Where are you getting yeah, them? I, I mean, mean, SP4, I guess. I don't know. I have them ranked in the 50s. So I guess that's SP4 mm-hmm. range, actually. So giving him as my SP4, I, excuse me. You're right. He is an SP4 range. And that's great. But I think the value's there at that price still. I apologize. Yeah, it all I, depends I, on. on uh, I'm I not even sure where his ADP is at right now. Mike has it up, I think. So Mike can come in the clutch for that, maybe. Who do you want? Maeda. 76. Oh, yeah, there's plenty of value there because I have him at 50. I still am at 53 with you, George. And yeah, he might move down a little bit on my update, but not a tremendous amount because I think mm-hmm. he's still gonna, I think he's still going to get 140 to 150 solid innings out of him, which is great. Even if, even if he gives you 130, that's more than somebody like a Kopech, McKay, and May are probably going to get this year. And those are guys that are probably going ahead of him right now on in most drafts. So 
Right. Yeah, that's a good point. So if you're looking at like the your sixth pitcher that you drafted, Maeda, and he could be like, give you you know return SP three value while yeah. he's out there. I mean, absolutely. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, so I said SP four because my ranks suggest he's SP four, but where you can mm-hmm. get him, where you can get him is actually farther. So I have to remember exactly. that. So that's, that's even better for me. Like, and my ranks are just my preferences on pitchers. But if you can, but don't you don't have to draft him there. If you can get the value on him, twenty picks or twenty spots later do that don't just be like well mike has him at 53 so i'm gonna take him now no play the value game wait on him a little bit so that's that's where i'm at right now but speaking of some of these young guys we mentioned those three i feel like all of us are kind of getting like i have them too high right now i need to move you know the dustin may the mckay and the Kopech. the talent is there for all of them but the lack of path to playing time isn't so i'm willing to put them fringe top 100 i mean i'm almost willing to drop them just outside what are you guys thinking about that? It's like a group of three. I feel like they're all similarly valued. You said that was Kopech, McKay, and, and Dustin May. One? Dustin May. Dustin May. Yeah. Yeah. I put. I literally yeah. grouped. I grouped them together, and I when I move one, I move all three. <laughs> yeah, they're right in the same grouping with me too. And you're you're probably right. You know, especially now uh, with the addition of of Alex Wood, I should probably move May down. But uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I cannot have them all grouped together in the same range. And. People, like, I don't know why these draft, early drafters are all about them because there's just more and more that keeps getting in these guys' way. Same thing, you know, in, in Chicago, they signed Keiko. They signed um, – what's his face? The other pitcher. Names of, can someone help me here? Oh, is, Gio Gonzalez. Thank you. Gio signed uh, – Keiko signed. So, Kopech, you know, might not start – and most likely won't start as a starter this year. May is blocked by 15 different people now. And <laughs> <laughs> and McKay isn't even slotted He's to be a starter too yeah so yeah and so speaking now that we're right now on the white side how do you feel about Dylan Cease Mike loves him yeah right. I like him <laughs> okay yeah because I I like him too I wrote him down as, as someone that I wanted to highlight as well so I I like him I, too and I think the addition of uh, Grand Doc can help him can help yeah. him a ton I mean you know because we know that a big thing with Cease was his control. And yeah. I mean, if, if Grandal can help that, then he's got uh, great tools, you know, to, to be pretty good there. I have him at 57. Oh, wow. I have him at 71. I have him at 64. We keep splitting the difference oh, here. Geez. I thought I liked him. Man. Well, I had him that, up there. He's at 114 in FBC. Jeez. 114 pitcher. So I put him at like the yeah. 85th-ish pitcher probably. Mm-hmm. But I guess in NFBC leagues, like I can tell you right now, in the NFBC format, I want somebody like a Kyle Gibson ahead of him, um, Adrian Hauser, roughly, because I think there's more of a sure thing for innings there. Um, no, that's probably a bad example. Hauser's not high enough, but Yarborough, like somebody, like these are guys I have ranked under him right now. And but in an NFBC league, I would be more likely to take somebody that's more of an innings eater, whereas Cease, you really don't know what's going to happen. So I think that's why maybe in, in draft champions leagues or in NFC formats, you see him uh, dropping a little bit. That's the only thing I can think of. There's a lot because people want safety. People, you know, innings matter a lot more, whereas in a 12-teamer or 10-teamer, give me the upside every time because I have that much, you know, there's that much more on the wire to play with. So I'm just – Yeah, it's a good point. I'm just putting out, reason, putting out reasoning. There's a lot of different, you know, NFC, although I do prefer their ADP because you have a lot of the higher stakes leagues there, you do have to yeah. uh, remember – there are different strategies and stuff cost, uh, causing players to drop or rise in certain situations. So Right. If you don't have uh, like a waiver system like these draft and holds, then, yeah, absolutely, you want to take the safety. 
What about what do you guys think about Jose Urquidy? Because I suddenly can't get enough of this guy. Like I was late to the party, and now I want to be the one that makes sure I leave with a gift. You know what I mean? Like I want to leave with them all in every league. <laughs> where do we have them? Where do you uh, have them? What do you think of I, them? No, I like them a lot. I have them at eighty-three though, Jeez. because it's the rotation question. Well, is there really a question there right now? I'm well until they announce it. Well, that's everywhere. But okay, so I'm well, being opt- I'm optimistically I'm expecting him to make the rotation. What does let's see what does resource have? It has him in there. That's the reason. Well, at least it did. Let when does. I did. It has uh, him as like SP four there because they, they don't have. Remember they lost a few names. They lost a few arms. You know they don't have um, Aaron Sanchez even. They they, they have Brad Peacock as their SP five. So you know they're lacking. There. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they have him at four. So I saw that. I thought, wow, there's a real good chance that there's like I don't see any reason not to have him in the starting lineup or starting rotation, I should say. So when I saw that, I and I just did my you know did my ranks a couple weeks ago now. I put them all the way up at 60, 62. and I still like them that high. Maybe yeah. I'm maybe I am that high. I don't know, but I really like. <laughs> I, really, I mean, uh, once he's confirmed, yeah, I'll definitely move him up. I mean, he's got good breaking pitches, a decent fastball, and I'm saying know, he has I a good he had mix. a good swing strike percentage. Yeah, I mean, he definitely has it, and he's exciting and. And guess what team he pitches think, for? Yeah, the Astros. I well, don't think he walks a lot of batters either. No, he doesn't. You, Although, we didn't talk about the big news, though. The whole everyone got fired. Oh, I know. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I guess, honestly, you're going to hear about it on so many other podcasts. It was crazy. Interesting day. The fact that the players didn't get much of a, of a hit for this was surprising. But I don't know. I'm not going to harp on it. It is what it is. I don't think the coaches or anything really affect the pitching side of things. I think they're still going to have their system in place for these yeah. pitchers to do their thing. So, Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that rotation shakes out because, like you said, they have Brad Peacock there as the SP5. Um, you guys know one of my favorites there is Josh James. Uh, yeah, he's not you even – oh, there. He's RP. Yeah, I was looking for him. Right. They have him right now as a you know setup man, but – uh, he's someone that I, I like as a dark horse candidate for that rotation. Yeah, if he's a if he's a starter, that'd be amazing. I mean, everyone was huge on him last year, and then he got hurt. But exactly, that guy exactly. Can, he's got so much strikeout potential. Forget about it. He does. He does. I love Josh James. He like you said last season, he was one of these guys that was getting a bunch of hype. You know, everyone you know had him as a sleeper because he was going to make the rotation coming in. Then he hurt his quad and got a late start to spring training, uh, you know, didn't get his chance because they, they needed someone in there in the rotation. And he got off to a bit of a slow start, but he was lights out from May on. He was really good as elite strikeout stuff. So, um, yeah, whoever, Josh, makes, Josh James, we'll see. whoever right? makes that rotation will be, I think every piece of that rotation will be a top 65, top 70 SP for us. Like without much question, probably top 60. I want every part of uh, that rotation I can get. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he could play that peacock role, you know, um, kind of a spot starter and then a setup guy. So going back and forth, they can move these guys around. Lance McCullers too. I mean, McCullers, we don't know how many innings he's gonna get, and and maybe you know they they get him that you know opener role or um, you know have have someone come in after him or have him come in after someone. So there's a lot of different things they could do here. Exactly. So I got to ask, I don't want to talk a lot about it. I don't even know if you guys have any questions about it, but so many people have talked about this. I'm really not even that interested to bring it up, but I have to, because it's SP 
back end, Dylan Bundy, ugh. <laughs> Who wants to – does anybody want to talk about him? Obviously, we know the slider's great. The fastball sucks. He's going to a slider-happy team. I have him ranked oh, 80th. Man. I have him ranked 80th, and I'm okay with that. I think I could see him a little higher, a little lower. Does anybody yeah. else have really anything to say about him? I know, Mike, you kind of are optimistic. optimistic I got him at 85. He's going at 119 right now. So that's probably about 85 when you take away the RPs. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you hit everything you just said. Okay. Yeah. Um, already, so, I mean. Well, let's see where I have him. I have him – oh, I have him a little higher. I'm kind of optimistic on him, I guess. I have him at 72. Mm. Um, you, you, the three of us have split that, everything. Right? Well, that, that stat that I kind of cited earlier with pitchers with at least a 35% O swing, uh, less than 60% O contact, and 12% plus <laughs> swing and strike rate, uh, let's. This list goes to Grom, Verlander, Strasburg, Scherzer, Patrick Corbin, uh, Garrett Cole, Joe Musgrove, Clayton Kershaw, Dylan Bundy is all in there too. I mean, maybe that voids your list, right? <laughs> <laughs> Does that just completely like <laughs> it completely ruins it? Yeah, come on now, man. You sure you were better off not mentioning the fact that he was there? Like, yeah. No, I mean and. I shouldn't even say. I mean, the last name there too is Kyle Gibson, but we well, know these guys no. can strike people out. You okay, know, that, I like that's Kyle just Gibson. At, at, this like I like Kyle Gibson. Before we get into that, there are so many names here. It's kind of like a throw them in a bucket. We have some rankings disputes we're going to get into, but before we get into those, is there a couple names that you guys know, or at least at least I think Mike has them written down somewhat? Some of the names I plan to bring up. Is there some names that you guys just want to? throw out there as guys you were liking at the end of drafts or at the back end of your top 100 that think deserve a little more recognition that aren't getting any. I don't care who starts. <laughs> who still wants to jump in? Mike, you want to go first on that? I know I this mean, wasn't – just a few names. You don't have to give a whole bunch of deep analysis, but a couple guys that you might be drafting at the back end of your drafts that no one's really hyping up right now or the hype has kind of died down even. Just So – I saw something interesting. I think I retweeted that Lucchese is actually working on a new pitch. So I would definitely Ooh. watch something like that. Because he's got a good fastball changeup combo. And if he adds a third pitch, that might be what finally like gets him to the next level. So I'm I'd be looking that for now. that in spring training. Well, it's like apparently secretive. You won't tell anyone. So who knows? It could be BS. <laughs> but you might as well keep an eye out when you hear something like that. I got a secret. I'm going to tell you I have a secret, but I'm not going to tell you what the secret is. Yeah, exactly. Um, I feel like not a lot of people talk about Justice Sheffield. I actually really like him because he's got a lot of strikeout potential. He's had trouble putting it together last year, and he definitely has a lot more to work on. He's a little bit raw, but, I mean, I feel like there's going to be games where he could easily put up, like, double-digit Ks. George, you have a couple names? Besides the names, heck, you you honestly don't know who I wrote down, so hopefully you don't say <laughs> any. But uh, go uh, ahead. Yeah, I mean, i i liked what I liked what I saw a bit from uh, Marcus Stroman in the second half. Uh, he had a you know good ERA, three point two eight ERA in the second half, and the strikeouts went up a little bit. So we'll see if maybe that was a product of him moving from the AL to the NL. Uh, I, I do see that the swinging strike rate went up just a, a tick. So uh, Stroman could be interesting there in the back end. I, I think I have him in the eighties. I hate Stroman. You hate Stroman? I hate Stroman. I have him 78. Yeah, 78. So So a guy, I mean, I don't know if you have another guy you want to throw out there. I was just saying, I'm naming like one guy. So 
before we get into because we have a bunch of rankings disputes anyway. It's uh, yeah, I mean, there's a, a couple inter- a few interesting guys. Um, I mean, Kevin you, Gausman. We'll okay. see, you know, how he could do there in San Francisco. He, you know, has a, a lot of good swinging, you know, swinging miss metrics there, and mm-hmm. we see that like you know people can outperform their peripherals all day in San Francisco. Uh, so I know he's just a two pitch guy right now, but we'll see. You know, maybe um, maybe he can find some success there in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, I was looking for a tweet on him. I actually put out a tweet on him a while ago, right after the signing. Oh, here it is. Mm-hmm. And it was just some interesting stuff I noticed. The um, the in 102 innings pitched last season. Although I know he did pitch in uh, in relief at some points, he did post career best marks in all but one plate discipline metric. Mm-hmm. And I honestly don't remember which one it was, so <laughs> go figure. But my point is, I guess all the plate discipline metrics were um, were improved and career yeah. best, and that came with a 61.2% strand rate, which should positively regress. So I right. think, I, and I think, and uh... I was saying, I think you, I think there's something there that's a little, you know, not spoken about enough. Like as far as potential goes, I'm not, I don't think he'll be much of a quality start guy. But you give him five innings, you know, right. two times, two times to the lineup type of guy. I think he could be a, a little sneaky sleeper guy, a little deeper league sleeper. So I'm with you on that one. That was a quick. I found my tweet. I put out about him a long time ago. And then Shoemaker was the other one that's like I'm just taking him with the end of drafts as like yeah. the last pick because he showed so he came with that splitter last year it was a split finger whatever it was and his ground ball rate was was trending to career best and although the K per nine wasn't great. I mean, for points league, he had a sub two ERA. He had an absurd strain rate though. So it's like, obviously there's regression to be had, but it's still worth just taking a literally a last round shot on him just to see if there's anything Absolutely. there. So that's those the- build on that, that good start he had last season. Unfortunately, yeah, he, he got hurt, but yeah, it's a good call. Um, that's, the, that's the only other one that really, I mean, like I said, now we can get right into our rankings disputes. I don't know if there was something else you wanted to say, though. I feel like I keep cutting you off. No, no, it's all good. Uh, SP, you got anybody else? No, he named like four. So I was going to give him a break. <laughs> I was, was going to give him a break and get right into it. So we have rankings disputes, and I haven't decided how I want to do this, so we're going to see what happens. We have Yarborough, which we're going to start with, because me and you have spoken a little bit about him off the air, Mike. So I'm going to let you plead your case because – you got to sell me on him. I don't see it. You have him at 56. I have him at 71. And this was like, I moved him up and down multiple times during this whole process of coming up my ranks. George, you don't even have him ranked, which I'm sure that's going to change, <laughs> but it's definitely funny and worth noting. But he, dude, he doesn't really inspire anything for me. So Mike, sell him to us. I got to sell him? <laughs> you have to. Why, you're, Dude, you're that much higher than him. And I... Unfortunately, I respect your opinions on pitchers way more you than the average person. Unfortunately. <laughs> it's unfortunate because it makes me question my ranking of them because I just don't see it. So um, I guess instead of selling just tell me what am I missing? Why should I be a little more excited? Because obviously you're way more optimistic than I am. Where did, where did you say I have him? You said you have him at 56. Oh, 56. Yeah, you're right. Okay. I have Sorry. him at 71. That's a, that's a, what is that, 15 pick difference? It's a pretty, and that's like tier difference. There's a whole bunch of difference there. And he's 100 on FBC. Yeah. So I like him because he's got, he's got two good breaking balls and a change of slider, and he's got a good cutter. And he creates a lot of weak contact. I mean, the, the K's aren't great, unfortunately. But just to put in perspective, his last three months, um, his XWO was eighth overall, 
and he was fourth overall on ex Wobicon, which again he it's just essentially he lets all he does is let up weak contact and he had the second lowest average exit velocity in the league as well so, so the last three months when he became when he stepped into the starting role all he did was produce weak contact and everything supported it even the expected stats so that's what kind of got me behind him plus he's got those good breaking balls to support I'm I'm okay with him. I guess in points leagues, I would like him a lot more because like you get the quality starts out of him. But K's still – you're somebody who usually values K's a lot more. And for you to be putting somebody, somebody so high that doesn't offer the strikeout upside is really surprising to me. Well, I mean, again, it's – I like the tier he's in. Like, he's in the tier of Joe Musgrove. So, it's like kind of should, a mix. It de- it's kind of a mix. <laughs> it depends if, you know – if you have high K guys and you want like a nice anchor that should get you good ERA and wins. And, um, you know, I, I feel like you would go for someone like the Yarbrough. I, I get that. And that, that's, again, I guess we harp on it every time we talk ranks, but you got to understand what tier based rankings are because we utilize them here and it's essentially, it could be five names. It could be three names. It could be 15 names. If we place them in a tier, it's because they all have, Basically, what what fits your team needs the best is the guy you should be targeting in that tier. Siri heard me something I said triggered Siri, so I shut her up because she <laughs> I didn't her, even hear that. <laughs> oh yeah, she minded. She needs to mind her business. Hmm. So yeah, she didn't say what do you want. But I looked to my right, and my iPad is showing a little wavelength like I'm talking. I was like, Siri's sneaky now. She's not even announcing herself. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, yeah, that didn't – I mean, again, I'm just – I'm not in on it. I, I'm a 71, and guys I have ahead of them, just for, I guess for a little bit of context. Uh, I did have Stripling ahead of them. That's going to have to change. I'd rather have Garrett Richards. Less innings, but more impactful innings potential. Um, Fultonevich, kind of a similar pitcher. Cease, Savale, which we'll get to actually next. Urquidy, Mitch Keller, Descafani. All guys I'd rather have. I mean, the only thing that you could say and the – the only reason why I could maybe see him being lower is he is probably the fifth starter. Uh, it's him and Chirinos, and you know they're probably going to want to get McKay in at some point. So one of them's probably going to go. Right. So that's the only – if you're very really worried about that, which I totally get, then I that's why, like, where you have him, Mike, I couldn't blame you either. So this is why this is kind of why I kind of overlooked him here when I was doing my rankings. It's just because you don't know, like I, I don't trust that he's gonna get that all that many innings. I mean, I, I think um, even Steamer kind of shares that that kind of that sentiment with you know only projecting him for 121 innings, and if he's not getting the strikeouts, just for me, you know, I, I'm thinking if I'm gonna take you know, Yarborough, who I'm just looking at Fantrax ADP, he's going around 250. My thinking, I'm just, you know, why not just take a high volume middle reliever that's going to, you know, lock down some ratios and get me just as many strikeouts, if not more. So that's you're, just kind of where I'm at. You're with not going to, you're not going to disappoint me at all on that one. Like you're not, you're not, I'm um, not disappointed. You're not going to upset me with that take. Like I get it. Like he's like he's, Yarborough or Seth Lugo. Like, I think I'd just rather just take Seth Lugo's 80 innings then Yarbrough's 120. Uh, I don't know about that. Like, you know, much <laughs> later. <laughs> Again, it's just tough because at that point, it's what do you need? I mean, right. And I, this, he's a, one of those players, I think, that's going to be like a, by 
once the season starts, that's when you're going to be able to accurately rank them because. No, I understand that. I just, again, yeah. if you look at, there's nothing that's like, other than the, the early 2014 in 14 and 15 back in uh, rookie ball. Other than that, you never saw the K's, the ratios, other than the FIP was at 3.55. So there's a chance to be, you know, a high, I think there's a high three ERA in them type of guy, but you know, everything else suggests, you know, low fours. It's just, there's a lot of just meh to him. And I'm surprised cause you like your high upside. You're like your high K guys. And then this was just like, not that guy. So it was just a little surprising. That's all. I guess why I was surprised to see him so high nothing wrong with that. You do your thing, man. This is the one, one of the few times where I won't get on board with it. But another guy that we differ on a lot, and I think I'm alone. I think I might be alone on him. I keep pulling him up and seeing where you rank him is Savale. No, George and I have him 64 and 65. Actually, I'm at 63. George has him 64, and you have him at 87. This yep. is like the biggest, biggest change. I know I am bullish on him, but come on, man, really? Not even like a. So little... you're high on Savale, who all he does is produce weak contact, but not Yarbrough. That that's not. That's not fair. That's How's not that fair. not fair? That's exactly they're literally the same pitcher, except Savali's maybe probably not as good. Actually, I would so <laughs> I, would, I would argue he's better. I would definitely argue he's better. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if to me it comes down to what we were kind of just dis- discussing with the te- different team philosophies. You know, I mean, can you trust that Yarbrough is going to be in the rotation all year? I, I think I would put my money on Savali to. Uh, to beat him, you know, handily in innings. So you um, have so well, Savale. I mean, if you're going, I, st- no, I don't know. I don't I'm know. About so, that. Okay, so I'm looking at Savale. Yeah, it'd be just, a lot closer than you think. Well, if it's a lot closer than you think, then there's a bigger discrepancy between your Savale and Yarbrough, and you're suggesting they should be closer. No, you no, have no, the no, ranks so much any, further apart. I'm talking about innings wise. Oh, mm-hmm. innings wise. Well, I'm looking yeah, at Savale. Yeah. So I'm looking at Savale, and I my big thing is he so only pitched. Sorry, go on. Actually, never mind. Go on. Go on. Sorry. What were we going to say? No, no, go on. Well, he pitched like 100 something innings. I no, yeah, go on. <laughs> you're just about to get, you're about to like, wait, wait, wait. You're about to screw yourself on that one. <laughs> no, I mean, not really. I was just going to say, I feel like, innings. I feel like at most he's, he, at most you're looking at 150, I would guess. Well, maybe. It depends on how many, like, is he, I don't think he's going to throw. The thing is, those, how, like, are these like 80 pitches and like six innings type of outings? Like we saw, with, I feel like that's the type of pitcher he is. If he, unless he makes the changes I'm expecting, because so okay, let me just make my case for Savale, I guess, because he's a sleeper. Say, you guys too. make your case, and then I'll go. Well, I'm making my case because you know he's a sleeper of mine, and we're talking about sleepers, and most of this podcast is pretty much people we like are as sleepers. So Savale is one of mine. He induces a ton of weak contact, which, like you said, 67.1 percent overall weak contact percentage. His overall barrel rate was only 2.4 percent. Um, his sinker, which was like his 35% usage pitch, was a zero, had a zero barrel rate. He also had a barrel rate of 0% on the curve and slider, albeit both of them were small sample sizes. The K per nine was worrisome at 7.19. I get that, but he does have a legitimate four-pitch mix. And the curve itself had a 41.7% K rate and a 14.6% swing strike rate. And then you have the slider with a Woba of 1.14 and a Wobacon of point. 
097, both of which were, you know, expected to be a little worse, but still really solid pitch. So he has three really solid pitches, two of which can be – definitely the curveball can be a strikeout pitch and a team that knows how to develop pitchers. The Indians might not trade well. The Indians might not – might make every excuse in the book not to go for it because they can't afford anything. But what they do do is produce pitchers really well. I mean, look what Bieber did. He took the next step. Why can't they just take the same guy with a similar profile? It's like Bieber wasn't known to be a strikeout guy. Suddenly he was doing it. He, he kind of pitched a contact. He still kind of does pitch contact. You look at the ground ball, right? And I'm pretty sure one of the things about Savali was he also induced like, like oh, no, that wasn't him. Maybe it was somebody else, but maybe it was him. I have to look at his ground ball, right? But I think it was similar to Bieber's, if not um, more, higher. So, I don't know. I think Savali has an untapped potential that with, with legitimate, like, reasoning to believe that, plus the team he pitches for, you know, the, the way they uh, the way they bring up their pitchers. So, that's it. I did. I, I made my case. <laughs> um. So, yeah, so my worries, I have a couple worries with them. So, one, you're only looking at a 50-inning sample. Well, he pitched like uh, 100-something if you combine the two, right? Yeah, if you, we're talking about major leagues here. Oh, okay, well, sorry. Yes, the sample's small, <laughs> but fine. Um, the, so, the ERA, the ratio, if you want to – no, no, no. You're going to bring up the, the, the real quick, the innings. If you look at the minor league track record of just that same year, he his ratios, he technically he outperformed them in AAA as well. Like, his ratios do suggest he should have been a little worse, but he had the same – pretty much the same ratios in AAA with, the, with just about the same amount of innings pitch with a better K per nine. So, this suggests there's better K potential. And the innings limit, I understand it, but he threw technically over 100 innings if you combine. Oh, sorry, he threw 100, almost 140 innings if you combine Double A AA and Triple A. And the, he pitched at three different stops last year. I didn't even realize Double A. I thought Double A was 2018. So he's the a, three different stops last year. He threw 100 and some, 100 and 140 innings roughly. So you're looking at a guy who could easily pitch 160, 170 this year. Can so the innings, I, I'm just like, I'm, I'm going to let you get back to it. I'm just saying that I guess my, I guess my point was, is I, like, I, didn't, well, I just, I, I just, I just realized that he threw so many innings. That's the thing. I just, I missed that. I just realized he threw so many innings. So that's just one more thing in my favor is that there's a chance for him to legitimately throw 160, 170 with no real questions asked. Aaron Savale is who we're talking about. I keep, that's the one feedback I always get besides stepping on your toes and talking too much. It's uh, the not saying <laughs> players' names well enough. So we're talking about Aaron Savale. Aaron Savale, Aaron Savale. Mike, you can finish your thoughts on Aaron Savale. Okay. Anyway, his K-walk was only 13.2, which isn't good. His Sierra was a 474, which also isn't good. And his swing strike rate was at 8.8%, which is absolutely terrible. You talked about his cutter a little bit, but his cutter was – I mean, sinker. The sinker uh, was very lucky, and he doesn't throw it hard, so it's not a power sinker. And usually, power, if it's not a power sinker, they don't hold up well. So that's my worry with him, and you're going to live with the strikeouts. I don't see any strikeout potential, especially with that swing strike percentage. So that's you're expecting. You're expecting no growth out of such a young guy? 24 years no, old. Because, no, because his, pitches, his swing strike percentage is not even remotely good. Look at the curveball. One pitch. Look at the slider. Pretty sure it's average. I have to double check that myself. Pretty sure it has I average have... swings. I mean, he had three pitches that had positive P-Vels with this fastball. 4.6, 3.2 with the slider, and two with the cutter. So, I mean, yeah. Right, I think but, he mainly, but he relies on a sinker. And not only that, if you look at, it, at where he places a sinker, he leaves it in the middle all the time. It's just I, – I just – I don't know. I don't see it. That's just my opinion. I can understand you don't see it, but mm-hmm. I can, you also don't see good value where it's right in your face. 
Um. <laughs> no, you didn't know because you're not drafting him at good value. Where you're hacking him, you're having him at like his no, upside. No, no, in no, my no. opinion, I'm ranking him at his upside. I'm not drafting him at his upside. I get him. I do not reach on him. And I tell you this, I do not reach on anybody, no matter how much I like them. I like them because I think this is what they're gonna. I think they're gonna be that good. But I will not go out of my way to. I won't take him where if I don't have to. Like, yeah, I'll reach a round or two ahead. But I'm not reaching four or five rounds where my rankings suggest I would take them. Like, if you follow my rankings to a T, you would have to take them like four or five rounds early. I would take them two rounds early. His curveball like, swing strike percentage, by the way, is only fourteen point six. Not for, not the swing strike rate. Sorry, the K percentage. The, the swing strike rate was fourteen point six, which was above league average. The what so. was? The swing strike rate was 14. The K percentage was over 40%. It was the swing strike right, rate. Right, but was because 14. of the swing strike, percent, yeah. swing strike percentage, that K percentage will definitely come down. And plus, he only threw it 96 times. Your swing strike percentage should be a lot higher than that if you're only throwing a pitch 96 times. I don't know. I just – I don't see <laughs> things coming. So, that's what put him down. And his sinker is not good. So I just that curveball though, man. Go go watch it. It's a thing of beauty. I'm telling you. <laughs> I mean, you can is. look pretty all you want, but <laughs> no. But it's it's just the. the and by the way, when you literally describe Savali, you're describing Yarbrough. So I don't understand your Yarbrough ranking at all. Well, because I think with Savali, there's some untapped K potential, and a lot of it goes just to the, how they um, produce pitching. Like if you look at all their pitchers, they all kind of. And you're, Against the Tampa Bay Rays, they produce. But it's Yarbrough is like 28. Yarbrough is 29 years old. Like he's already done his thing. So he's getting to prime. Prime. He's 28. 24. 24 is a baby. They're gonna teach him a thing or two. (laughs) I am so. I love Savale. I love him. I'm gonna have him on a lot of teams this year. And his he's basically free in drafts. I just rank him high because I want to have him on my teams. And I'm just I I think there's something there. And like you said, okay, if he is Yarborough, that's fine. I think he he could be similar to Yarborough. But I think he actually has a chance to a more secure situation. Fine, we could break it down. Say the, say the K rate is the optimism on the K rate. Say I'm wrong. Fine, but the inning you can't argue you you really can't argue that the inning potential isn't the same if not better. And the there's more of a secure spot in that rotation. Can we at least honestly see? Agree that's where that? I'm at. That's basically you're making my argument right there that's that's kind of where i'm at with these guys so if like like yarborough and mind you i have yarborough at 71 so it's not like i'm far off in my assessment of these two you're really far off in your assessment of these two but yet you're putting them in the same sentence because i just don't think savali's that good but (laughs) but it's okay i feel the same about Yarbrough. like i would i would just much rather have yarborough's let's say 140 innings compared to savali's potential 160 but why when you said they're pretty much the same pitcher no, I'm saying you were the way you describe them. You were saying they're the same. I don't think they're the same mm-hmm. pitcher. I think Yarbrough has more strikeout potential than Savali. Oh my goodness! And I think <laughs> he's better in producing weak contact. We, you really have no trust in the Indians in making him better. That's you can't like, just assume an organization that was going to make somebody better. You got to look at the numbers. That's what we do. We're we not analytical people. Do, do you not look? Do you not? Do you not look at somebody when they go to the Astros and think, "Oh, they're better"? Do you not look at the Rays and think, "Oh, they're better"? Why wouldn't you look at the Indians and their pitching and what they've done over the last few years and think, oh, he's better? I mean, yeah, there is something to say about uh, a team's track record of pitch, uh, you know, developing pitching. Uh, it's not, I mean, no, yeah, I'm not going to sit here. But you can't rely on it either. I mean, right, exactly. Okay. It, and we it, can't like, be a, it can't be a crutch. We can't, we can't rely on Keller suddenly 
figuring it out either with the slider. There's just you can go down that rabbit hole with pretty much any pitcher that we're that we're assuming will grow or assuming will get better because they have the potential to. I mean, not not that's not necessarily true. I mean, if you have something to back it up where they change their pitch mix and stuff later on, well, maybe that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking, I'm hoping, maybe I'm a little hopeful, I'm a little bullish, thinking that maybe that they'll see like, look, he has other pitches that are really effective. The 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 like you said, the sinker was relatively lucky and is probably due for regression. Maybe he's gonna throw the other stuff better because he has the three pitches, like he said, with the three positive p vowels. Like you have three above average pitches, or average to above average, I should say. Probably average. Doesn't matter. I wouldn't say any of them are above average. Not above average. Sorry, they're all. There's three average pitches there, with one being probably below average. So he has three solid pitches. I I just don't see how at 24 years old in that system he doesn't develop with the with the stuff he has. Like he has stuff that can develop into being a solid pitcher. I just I don't know. I'm wildly wildly optimistic. It's my new term. It's my term (laughs) of the month. Wildly optimistic is my term of the month for January. I'm glad we had this. I'm glad we had this discussion. I think we should move on. (laughs) I agree. We're moving on. Kyle Gibson. Was it George and I again? This one's kind of closer. George and I have them at seventy-four and seventy-seven, respectively, and you have them at eighty-nine. Can we go to some someone else where I don't have to fight both of you again? <laughs> I'm <getting> tired. <laughs> I'm getting tired over here. Well, the problem is, is fine. You you want one that you want one that makes us both me me. It's me and Mike against George, Rick Porcello in his top one hundred. Oh God. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> don't worry, guys. That's gonna change. This was really really long time ago. He learned his lesson. He's not keeping. Yeah, with no. So I have Porcello at ninety six. So that's you like, had I mean, that's that's just at, uh, inside the top one hundred. And I think my thinking here is just you know change of scenery, moving from the AL to the NL. Uh, I mean, he's one of those guys who <laughs> uh, I've been drafting, like especially with. You had it right at. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, some of these teams I've drafted where I've gone like you know heavy SP early. And then I'm just like, you know, taking a lot of hitters in the mid rounds and then along with some middle relievers. This is one of those guys I'm drafting very late just to get those innings and, you know, volume of like strikeouts and win potential. Um, but I'm definitely, definitely, you know, making sure that my ERA is sound with Porcello, <laughs> if I'm even considering drafting Porcello. But I mean, yeah, like I said, we'll see um, in New York, but. I got a little bit of optimism there, but um, I mean, he can't possibly be as bad as he was last year, can he? Hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll leave see. it to the Mets to make someone even worse. So. All right, so back to back to Gibson. Um, right. Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna harp on it. Me and me and George obviously rank him similarly. What is your pessimism on Gibson? Because I thought you'd like them a little more than that. Maybe no, maybe I do like them. I I need to move them up a little bit. Were you okay? I was sure your ranks were a little older as well. So I do have a you know again his his slaughter is amazing. His you know what's weird about him that I just can't figure out. I mean, well his fastball sucks, but his O swing and swing strike percentage are above average, right? And I was actually just looking at that. He looks like. If you look at every, and then he's got an amazing slider, and um, I think his curveballs or change. Chain yeah, it's one of the two. I, I actually one of them also know. is very good, and it's just like I think it's the so, changeup. So all those lead to okay, he's had to strike like he had had a great like strikeout rate last year. He actually his caper nine. His caper nine was nine. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. So it doesn't at it right make now. sense. Uh, his, his, both of his fastballs are terrible, actually. Yeah, they, they're, they're brutal. <laughs> yeah. But, but his, slider, I, his slider and his changeup were really good. And the curveball, 
underproduced as far as like FIP and XFIP go. Yeah. And Wobo, XFIP, like, so he should have had like two, maybe a third good pitch, but his fastballs are just that bad. That's must have been that must have been really what hurt him. It just scares me that he maybe he's trying too hard to get the K's and it's hurting him in in the ERA department. And oh, yeah. just like, like you said, though, you look at all this stuff. And I you got see him as better. better yeah, stuff. I see him as a low four ERA pitcher, with which is fine. K upside. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, again, K which in, in this in the seventies, that's kind of what I'm expecting. When I saw him at eighty nine, or you mentioned you have him at eighty nine, I'm like. That surprises me because you have him behind a guy like Tanaka, which I don't see why. Yeah, I mean, Tanaka, I'm just more so in hopes that with the them reverting to some other form of ball, maybe he'll be able to grip it better and, you know, get his pitch going. But, um, yeah, I don't know. With Gibson, it's just like it's so weird. His career is so odd. If you look at, like, his good years with the Twins, his K per nine was only, like, a five. Yeah, and then like, like rush, as like, he's getting older and going, like he's more so going towards the K's, which is interesting. But yeah, yeah, like, yeah it's weird. It is weird. It's a weird. Uh, well, one thing going for him he's is like, like an, he, I don't know. You don't know which way he's gonna go. I don't. He know. had that. He had the ERA troubles and whatnot a little bit last year, but he also had a strain rate like almost eight percent below like his typical like or league. I should say below league average, but like well, it was like yeah, three percent. He hit a high Babbitt. And his bad bit against, yeah. It's just I'm just looking at some of his stuff, and I don't know. He he definitely went to a worse division, so I can understand. But I I feel like we're not again. We're not. We're, we're I'm kind of splitting hairs here. I know you're gonna move him up a little bit, but I feel I feel like 74, 77. That's kind of fine. Like you're not expecting a world beater by any means out out of that, you know? Yeah. No, I'm thinking 80 range, like which makes sense. 80. Yeah, and that's honestly I could end up. I can see myself pushing him down a little bit. Because one of the guys that you're way higher on than than me, and I and I want to move him up. So I think I mentioned I wanted to move him up on a recent podcast. Might have been with you, even last one was Wade Miley. Um, you have him at 69, and I have him all the way down at 95. But I'm actually upset myself for having him so low because I told you I wanted to move him up into the 80s, but still, I don't think I can move him much. Maybe into the 70s at some point. So 69 wouldn't be so crazy, but. Maybe you would just want to talk about really. I, I know, like you said, you said you said it was well known. I had no idea until I looked into him. But what is it about Wade Miley that you like so much that you have him ranked at sixty nine? Uh, well, where do you have him, George? He didn't have him ranked. Well, he was another uh, one uh, that I kind of overlooked, and I just, I mean, that second half was pretty bad. I mean, he had a five over five ERA in the second half, and then I'm just not too sure. Yeah. Literally, if you look at his month by month, go look at his month by month. Like I told you, I told you this wasn't well known. I didn't know this until I did my my SP preview. If you look at him, you don't remember month, during the season when it was no. like happening. Really? I I forgot. I had no shares. We didn't talk about pitchers that much. You can't. You didn't come on until like the season was over. Pitchers were not like my strength at all. I barely and I wasn't following somebody. I can't remember. You did the streamer account. He was probably a streamer more times than he wasn't. So you probably you had your eyes on a guy like this way more than the average person. I don't think I was able to stream them at all, actually. Really? Or at certain points? Maybe in the – I don't really remember, yeah. But um, – Either no, way, I'm, I sure mean, some, I'm sure people would ask you about them or stuff. Like, you had your eyes on somebody like that way more than we did because I know I definitely missed this whole amazing first five months somehow. Yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm also proud to admit it. Like, hey, I, I'm learning. I'm growing. This year, I would like to think I wouldn't miss something like that. But last year, I totally missed it. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Not yeah. proud of it, by the way, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, no, I just trust his changeup. He's got a really good changeup, and I like the team where he went to. And I mean, especially because they're apparently bringing that good pitching coach. Um, yeah, I know. So which I know nothing about, but I, I just his, I, blind faith. <laughs> smart. <laughs> the only thing is, so his metrics look pretty terrible, but. Like Mike said, he still held a three nine eight ERA, and that was with a month of just really bad starts. He's not going to get you a lot of Ks, but I think he can. I think he can give you under four ERA with decent ratios, and you get him late in you know in the drafts. And he's under four, under four ERA with decent ratios. I didn't know ERA was not a ratio. With different, <laughs> you know, I right, know you whip. I know what yeah, you meant. It was just funny. I was just, what'd you say? You big D. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just not so sure that I buy him as a sub four ERA guy in, in that ballpark. I don't know, man. That division, it seems like it's gotten a little worse. You know, the Brewers kind of just throwing pieces together, throwing stuff at the wall and hoping something sticks. The Cubs, possibly sellers, not really improving at all, getting a little older. The Pirates are the Pirates. They'll be selling before too long. So if you guys had a guess where he's going in NFBC, what would you guess? 150. Pitcher. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm not a pitcher or overall? 150 as a pitcher. Probably outside the top uh, 280-ish. So, yeah, what do you think pitcher-wise? Um, George. George. Uh, probably, what, 130? So he's going at 159 and 441 overall. 441, wow. That's what's showing, man. Oh, I like him. I like that value for sure. And that's a nice little late round endings. 337 and 571. I bet you the 571 was before he got picked up by the Reds. Yeah. He didn't even that's, go oh, to Well, that's the thing. You got to, yeah. um, that's why a lot of people, like a lot of industry people, like I've seen Matt Modica, I've seen Vlad Sedler talk about it, that to, sort it by draft champions and then do it for the last 30 days that way you'll get your most like up to date. Yeah. So that's just, that's a general thing. Like overall it's fine, but like in general, that's something that I think I'm going to start holding to because it seems like that's the industry. I always no, Yeah. Last year I always did that when it came close. Yeah. Right now we're still so far. Yeah. I always did like within the last month, which we'll, we'll probably adjust to sooner than later, but all right, so that's Wade Miley. That was kind of one of the last rankings disputes. And, we again, we kind of like – you're a little higher than I'm going to settle on them, but I'm okay with it because I think I can move them into my, like, 80s. But is – all right, so I think we'll each go – just a few names. You don't need to break them down so much because if anybody listens to any of your podcasts, they'll know, like, your sleepers and what you really think about them. So if you want to just name, like, two or three sleepers, Mike, just a couple guys that you're really in on and why – and then we'll go George. will do two or three as well. And then I'll finish up with two or three and we'll call it a night. Okay. Sounds good. Um, all right. First is I'll just go with Alcantara or Alcantara. I don't know. I remember pronounce his name differently. I, I have talked about in the past. I like him a lot. Uh, we're talking about sinkers earlier. He's got a power sinker. He went to it more often last couple of months of the season and um, his ERA for you know, both months were as well under four. So with the right pitching mix change and, uh, you know, he's got the velocity. So I don't see why he can't be better next year. And, and the home year. park. I keep saying next year, this year. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> the home <laughs> and park, provide the home park value. Helps. 
the other guy I'll just touch base on is Adrian Hauser. Um, Dude, you, I've come around on him, man. I like. Yeah, you you put me on to Adrian Hauser. Yeah, he's a he's a Woodruff <laughs> light. Um, he's not he gonna really have is. as many K's as Woodruff, but he's got two really good fastballs, and both of them provide a lot of weak contact. So he's definitely someone I target. Like a, a solid a solid four pitch mix, like. I'm all about him now too. You you turned me on to him. I did some looking and I was like, man, I really like him too. Totally get it. Good call on Hauser. Thanks, man. <laughs> you're welcome. You're wrong about Savale, but you're right about Hauser. All right. Next. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want me to go another one? Or? You said next. You said next. <laughs> I meant like next person. <laughs> oh, oh uh, it depends. Did you want? To, is there anybody you really want? Is there one more that maybe you haven't spoken about? lately that you're kind of sold on now and I, I i don't want to ruin because i know you have a podcast come out on ray Lowe. i was gonna say ronaldo lopez <laughs> you're kind of coming oh around on gosh. him you're kind of coming around on him i mean yes well honestly your podcast is gonna be out before this one so you can talk on this one too so you'll have it tw- people here twice yeah i'll just touch base quick so his velocity went up in the second half and if you actually look at his second half numbers every single one of his pitches got a lot better and he actually only had it was a low four ERA, but his FIP was like a – it was right around four, basically. So, he he changed his pitch mix a little bit as well, and um, he really definitely improved, you know, in the second half. I know a lot of people struggle with him, but – and then plus, as Mike mentioned earlier, or George, um, they added Grandal. So, he'll be – you know, he'll be able to help him, and hopefully Giolito can kind of send him in the right direction, too, as to where to – you know, get his work, get some work in and kind of own his craft a little bit more. You can't quantify that, man. That last part. Give me oh, a hard no, time about can. stuff. No, yeah. Giolito texted me. He told me he was helping him out. Oh, yeah. 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 I'll, say, <laughs> okay. I'll, send you, I'll send you the pick later. Yeah, thanks. I, I make, sure it's, <laughs> make sure it's the picture of the text. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Don't make another slip up again, all right? <laughs> Um, George, Jesus, this is off the rails. George, uh, there are a couple pitchers that you just really like this year, sleepers. One of my guys, one of my uh, Giants guys, you know, Logan Webb, uh, kind of touched on him in our Buried Treasures episode. You, you guys know I, I like him. Uh, he pitched, you know, to a 5.22 ERA, 4.12 FIP, so he got a little unlucky, 65% strand rate. He's got a good slider, uh, doesn't keep, doesn't, uh, doesn't allow too many fly balls. So, uh, yeah, Logan Webb is someone I like. Uh, another guy, I think. Actually, I actually think uh, Cole Hamels is going as a pretty good value right now. Uh, I think he's going to, you know, be, be pretty good there with Atlanta as long as he could stay healthy. I think he could be a pretty good value. Another guy that I like, I touched on earlier, Josh James. Hope you know if he can get a rotation spot, he will be. He will shoot up these rankings for me for sure. Uh, he he just has a ridiculous, ridiculous slider, man. Uh, his slider actually, he only allowed a sixteen point one percent contact rate on his slider, which is by far the least in in baseball. Uh, minimum two hundred thrown. So I mean, he, he's got awesome potential, awesome strikeout stuff there with Houston. So those are just a few guys that I'm I'm watching late. Well, I mentioned one of mine in Savale, so I can't not mention Descafani. <laughs> He's becoming I'm, – I'm, I'm happy that I'm one of the few on him. Like, I don't mind people not buying in, but the second half changes are real. You, apparent, oh, I actually DM'd Shelly about this. I know Shelly's a big Tony Disco guy. Shelly Burrow Street, for those who don't know. 
she's a really big Anthony Descafani guy, and um, I meant to, I should probably include it in my second in my deep dive article, but he did actually have an arm slot change as well in the second half to go along with the pitch changes. So he had a pitch mix change, an arm slot change. Thank you for Shelly for pointing that one out. And um, if you notice some of his pitches, his actual pitches changed, like they, they increased in K rate and, and um, swinging strike rate. And they also, like their movements change. Some of them had more vertical and horizontal movement. And one pitch in particular, I think it was the slider had 100 more RPMs and the curve had like 300 more RPM. So I'm surprised he didn't throw that one more. And it was really effective. So I just like a lot of the changes he's made. And I think there's a lot of potential for K's there. He did pitch more to contact because so, ground ball rates went up and the ratios were good. So he might not, maybe that's just something he'll do more of. So maybe the K's won't come, but I think there's a solid floor there. I think there's a K per inning with a high three ERA type of guy, which is very, which can be valuable. And I'm pretty aggressive on his ranking. I'm taking him in a lot of places. Um, he's kind of the guy I always have to make sure I highlight with a, as a pitcher sipper now because I did all that research on him. So I'm kind of, he's kind of my guy now. Um, Stripling was a guy I was a fan of, but not so much now. Um, that's such a that's such an upsetting one, and I'm trying to find one more name. Um, yeah, I know you have. I, I know you in particular. You have high hopes for someone like Corbin Burns and and uh, even Freddie Peralta. I think was it you that mentioned that he was working on a another pitch there in the Dominican. I wish it was me. No, I think I was. Was that you, uh-huh. Mike? No, no. Right? So somebody someone I might have seen that. it on Twitter. I, I remember seeing or hearing that as well. Right. It must have been on Twitter then. Or yeah. we all listen to the same podcast and it wasn't us. <laughs> but, you know, it's Corbin Burns and he's – well, that's the thing. So, he's a real deep sleeper. I have no idea what to expect from him, though, if he's going to get a starting spot or not. Right now, he's projected to be in the bullpen. I like him as just a straight-up bullpen arm, though. Like, if you need somebody – this is getting ahead of ourselves, but we're going to be talking about middle relievers and, you know, relief pitchers that have, like, value. I think there's a lot to like there, a lot of K potential and ratio support with a, with, with a few saves to be sprinkled in as well throughout the season in in Burns. So Burns is a guy I really like, but he's not a pitch. He's not a starting pitcher. So it was really – I'm trying to remember. I, I can't find my Yeah, there's just – some of these situations, though, is like, you know, they're up in the air. We're talking about these things in January, and a lot well, of this can we'll do change. <laughs> right, we'll, 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 we'll do, do it another, again. But We'll do another episode to update some of the stuff. But those are right. – we gave off quite a few names. And, again, I was just stretching for another one. But right now I can't. I just – I can't. We talked about so many names tonight. I'm sure I missed one or two or seven so <laughs> i think that's everything though right like i mean we covered a lot is there anything anybody wants to add about any player whatsoever no just uh well one guy i do see that uh steamer likes is uh chris archer they have him for 180 innings <laughs> uh 4.18 era and 196 strikeouts that's basically in line with what he was normally giving you you know when he was on his game so i don't know i mean Perhaps that's another one that you want to look at with a new pitching coach and see if, you know, maybe there's something there that they can work with. We know that he has, you know, a pretty good track record outside of these last two seasons, but uh, Chris Archer, I guess he's uh, could be interesting. I refuse to accept that anymore. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I, right. I just, I mean, there's no analysis with that. Just refuse. Uh, wait, hold on. I really wanted to see. I think there was Jordan Lyles, one of the guys I really started liking. I, oh yeah, see, Lyles was a guy. He I purposely plugged him in at the very end of my um, my rankings. He put up 12 wins with over a K per inning and a 4.15 ERA. And it's the three months last year where uh, he actually had a sub three ERA, and two of those were the final two months of the season. So he finished on what was relatively uh, a high note. 
and he's moving over to Texas. So I think that team all around is getting better. So I think there's something there, but he's again, he's one of those guys you get at the very end of your drafts, call it a day. <laughs> there's not like that's about as exciting. I mean, again, there's not much excitement to that one. That's more of your deep league, dart throw, back end rotation guy, SP7. I don't even know if you have to draft an SP7, but he might be a streamer for you, Mike. That's Whatever right. you say, Mike. He he might be, man. What do you mean? <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> I thought like that was that was rude. Gosh, not very nice. Well, I guess Can't we'll end on that. Joke. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, guys, we're gonna head out. Um, again, guys, we appreciate listening as always. You can find us on Twitter. Mike is at SP Streamer. George is at J Montana's ninety. Just kidding. <laughs> George is at <laughs> George is at Roto underscore Nino. And I'm at Mike underscore Curland. You can follow us all on Twitter. Ask us questions. We're glad, we're glad to answer them. We try to answer all of them. We pretty much do. Um, you can follow the podcast page on Twitter as well, at Bases Loaded Pod. Oh, last thing. I completely forgot. If you could just smash that five-star rating, leave us a little review, that'd be greatly appreciated. It helps with our exposure as a whole on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you put, wherever you, you know, put these uh, reviews. So ratings and reviews, greatly appreciated. But other than that, guys, check out Mike's new stuff. And, um, yeah. We're just going to be writing, and we'll come you – know, we're staying busy. We'll have a lot more for you as the offseason goes, as, as fantasy baseball starts ramping up. So stick, stay, stick with us, stay tuned, and we will talk to you soon.